0: If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, rent roll radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by Lenore Moore with Pure Light Reinvest. Lenore, uh, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Sterling. I got to say, first of all, your name is killer, Sterling Chaplin. Come on. That is a, that's a, that's a billion dollar name right there.
0: <laughs> Thank you. My mama gave it to me. I, it's so funny. I didn't like it when I was a kid. I didn't oh. like the, the Sterling portion, right? Because it's different. And so when I, we would start like on the first day of school in elementary school, I would tell everybody my name was Ryan, like, cause it's my middle name. And then the, the teacher would call roll and she's like, Sterling, Sterling. And I like, eh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but I grew into it. I grew into it as an adult. I, I do like it. So I
1: love it. I love it.
0: Lenore, can you tell us a little bit about your background, um what you were doing before, how you got into real estate investing, what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. So it's been a it's been an interesting career. I have a lot of uh, cocktail party fodder over my career that I've had just uh, kind of interesting with the movie business. I started out in the movie business in Hollywood, um, television and then film. And then I transitioned into um, the Internet as the producer, the executive producer of Hollywood.com. And that took me on a whole nother journey of digital. And so I started combining my digital and my film background, went into Stan Lee. I work for Stan Lee, the comic book magnet. Yeah. Lee. That was awesome. Um, I ran his production division over there for his Internet based company and then um, went from there into advertising and set up a, a digital and broadcast division for OIC out in Los Angeles. So it was it was a varied background that when I was in L.A., I got pregnant. Wasn't my plan, but I got pregnant. And that pregnancy, I was like, I have to find a house. So I found this house that was just crazy. My friends like not this house. I was 7 months pregnant. I was, you know, by myself and i said no this is my house and you turn on the water in the kitchen and it shot out the back back of the house i mean it was like the windows and it was just this crazy house and i said like, i see it i see this vision i had never renovated a house before so i was like okay i can do this so i hired a couple crews and i renovated the entire house and i had it ready in time and uh, that's kind of started my love for real estate understanding real estate, how to look at a property, how to how to redesign it, how to lay it out with the woman's point of view. You know, you're in a kitchen, you take something out of the refrigerator, you put it here on the counter, here's your stove, you know, creating that triangle and really just walking a property. And so I moved back East to raise my daughter and I was still doing marketing and branding, worked for night away for a while to be a servant in the community. But really I got back into real estate investing about six, seven years ago, starting to renovate houses. And I applied what I had learned in that time frame. And it was amazing, right? To be able to walk into a house that was just homeless people were living there. I had one with two homeless people and two squirrels. The squirrels were harder to get rid of than the homeless people. But those are the kind of houses. And there were these big, beautiful houses with stained glass windows, mudded okay. windows.
0: That was probably not the case in Los Angeles, though.
1: <laughs> Actually, in Los Angeles, no, it's a little bit different. But yeah, that's when I moved back east, I found these grand houses that could be restored to their beauty and started raising market values and understanding how the real estate market worked and made a lot of mistakes. Right. I had four going at one time. I had two in New Jersey, two in Pennsylvania. So I'm in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania right now. And so it's like a corridor with New York City and Philly and the Poconos. And so it's a good location. So I started like figuring this out and lost a bunch of money um, out in New Jersey from this contractor. My friend's like, just fire him and take it over. I was like, what? There's like 14 subs. We had bought a little ranch, popped the top off the ranch. So we're building it into a two story colonial. So there's 14 subs of like new construction going on. And I took it over. I learned a lot. I learned how to run those subs. I learned how to look at a house from a very different perspective from a construction standpoint. And that's how I sort of deepen my knowledge uh, in the construction space and renovating homes and what to look for, how to design it. Because the woman buys the house. I mean, come on. She stands in that kitchen. She's like the final say. If there's a husband and wife, he's going to turn to her and say, well, <laughs> and she's going to say, I love okay.
0: this Kitchens and, kitchens and master baths.
1: Kitchens and master bathrooms. So that's that's what I really focused on. But what happened was that when I lost all that money from firing those two contractors and then lost money over here while I was in a different state, um, I said, what am I going to do, you know? And so laying in bed for two days with the covers over my head, that didn't do anything. So I was like, okay. And I was like, get up. You know, I was channeling Tony Robbins, stand up. <laughs> got it, (laughs) take control of your life. And so I was like, what do you need? And I'm like, "I, I want a deeper education. I want a deeper understanding and I want another income source. So I became a realtor to really deepen that educational experience for myself and to understand the market and how to, how to price a property and how to position it for a sale. And as soon as I became a realtor, all these realtors came to me and said, can you teach me how to be an investor? I was like, what there's, it's just interesting. Cause I realize, you know, somebody will say to me, are you a residential realtor? Nope. Are you a commercial realtor? No, I've done both transactions, right? I've been, a, I've done commercial transactions, residential transactions, but what I realized is I'm in the middle. I call myself the original investment realtor. So I focus on investors and investment properties because I know it right. And I'm passionate about it and I love it. So, you know,
0: I have some questions. Yes. Um, so great story, by the way. Um, you. you must know my some of my other recent guests. I assume. Uh, yeah. Do you know Tamar? She was from LA in the movie industry before she got into real estate, and I think Mandy referred both of y'all to me. So I assume that
1: Mandy McAllister, love her. These are my. <laughs> so I'm a Go Bundens tribe member. These are my tribe.
0: Yeah, and then the other one is Anna Lee.
1: Uh, she's in my pod. Yeah.
0: I knew that I figured because you you said where you lived so yeah you, the the buzzwords were going off and I started connecting the dots <laughs> um, Mandy actually convinced me to join abundance a long time yeah. ago I was I was on the fence about it and we were at some conference and she gave me like a, a a 30 minute uh chastation about about why have you been putting it off you need to go do it like you know like she does and then and then I, I went I went and joined a couple of weeks ago so a couple of weeks later, so it's been several months now. But, um, but that, that. Are you happy that, with that
1: decision? I am. I am.
0: I, am um, I. I am. If anything, I feel guilty that I have not been able or willing, I guess, to 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 give it the amount of time and attention <laughs> that it deserves. Um, I'm going on on a five day, you know, conference in Dallas. Uh, at the end of October. And I'm really looking forward to, I've met with my local group of a handful of times. And of course we're kind of, you know, the guys that I've met in that group, I talk to all the time and, and get great advice from them and, and you know, get great ideas from them and, and stuff. Uh, my GoPod never took off. I get the other guys just stopped kind of showing up to it. And then, you know, I, I haven't been as proactive as, as, as I probably should have been about getting involved is more than, you know what I mean? Uh, it seems like there's a lot of events that I haven't taken place in just because I, of the, of my schedule when I signed up, but I, I, I am really excited about going on our first on, to my first conference at the end of October. And I mean, the guys that I've met in the group have been you know, just top caliber.
1: Um, yeah. So. so, I mean, for me, it's about the tribe, right? I mean, um, our, I've watched all of our pod, the the women are pod. There's nine of us. Everybody has grown exponentially in the last 12 to 18 months, unbelievably by having that support system. It's like something I, I really prayed about and really looked for that, that group of people to up-level not only my personal life, but my professional life. So it's, it's been amazing. Uh, and yeah. just, what we've all, what we share, and the information that we have, everything's been up leveled because of abundance. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, going back to your your being a investor friendly real estate agent, um, what I found when I started investing is that, rightfully so, and most realtors weren't particularly excited to work with me. Because when I started, I just wanted to put in, you know, a hundred lowball offers, <laughs> like to maybe get three accepted, and it was just like, and it was a, you know, at the end of the day, even when it was accepted, it was a sixty thousand dollar house, you know, versus you know going and selling, you being as a realtor going and listing a two million dollar house and getting a nice commission on it, showing it to a few nice folks, and here I am rummaging through lower income areas, just. Fill it out, paperwork, under paperwork to put in all these lowball offers, and and it was it was almost like they weren't really interested in working with me. Now, and it's evolved since then, and I have a realtor that that I work with to sell all of my flips, and he's more like a partner than a realtor. And he, I mean, he goes through and inspects my guy's work, and he he brings in you know people that are that are doing the landscape and the pictures. He he, he definitely earns his money and is a valuable member of my team. But um, I'm just curious about kind of like what your experience with being the realtor to the investor has been, um, because i've I've seen positive, I've seen positive relationships, and I've, I've also seen it to where like I really don't want to work with that type of investor. Yeah. Deal.
1: So it's a great question. Um, it's an it's an evolution. So the way that I train any realtor that's you know coming on my team or anybody that I know, of, I I think I told you I have a course that I'm creating is you start out maybe with a realtor who's just newer, right? Because you're newer into the space of as as an investment realtor, or you're pretty seasoned, but you know that if you spend some time with a handful of people, as opposed to lead generating every day for expires and what's going on, where you're just constantly meeting new people and bringing new people into your database. When you work with investors, you find those great couple of people and you really educate them, they educate you. I learn things from my, my investors all the time, but it's a growth model. So I have many of my investors started with me. I'm educating them on how to place an offer, right? Cause I want to have my offer to close rate be super small. So I'm saying, okay, we did it your way that, that way last time, let's run the numbers. Cause my, my big saying is if the numbers work buy it, I say that to everybody over and over again Because if the numbers work today, they're gonna work exceptionally well in five years and 10 years, right? So we know that scalable growth. So I'm willing to work with a newer investor um, because I can educate them on how to protect themselves with the numbers, what to look for, knowing that that value of that property is gonna be going up. Somebody's gonna be paying down your mortgage, right? You can refinance, pull money out, get a lower interest rate, right? Now we're going higher, but it's gonna go low again. So there's all these strategies that I can help my my investor really work on, so that they can grow because they're going to take those couple little ones, they're going to sell them or keep them, buy bigger ones, buy bigger ones, and then they're going to sell that one, and I'm going to handle that, and I'm really going to help them build a long-term sustainable wealth model through real estate investing, and that's what that's where my my heart gets pumping, right? That's where it's so fun.
0: Awesome. So and and for on the subject of on the subject of spending time with that, you know, those few investors. I mean, my, my realtor has, you know, he's been on the buy side of, you know, 10 houses with me and on the sell side of 20. And, and so like I, most people don't buy and sell that many houses in, in three lifetimes, you know what I mean? And I did it. <laughs> and we've done that in the last two or three years, so so it's, you know, from a realtor standpoint like that, that that relationship is a way more valuable investment than the guy over here is going to, you know, buy and sell a house every 10 years.
1: That's exactly my point. That's why I became a uh, and that's why I created this area for myself as an investment realtor, because the residential realtor, it just it, it doesn't sing to my soul. I mean, I love helping people and finding like their dream home. But when it comes to really something that I wake up and get excited about, it's about that. It's about helping somebody like you buy and sell and really have a, have a plan. So part of what I teach is how to build that, that, that investment plan and then hold you accountable to it. Right. And say, okay, Sterling, you want to, you know, you want to buy five properties this year, let's make it 10. I know I always double it. And they're like, but I don't know. I'm like, let's talk about those strategies. Let's look at different ways to finance. Let's look at different ways um, that you can make offers. Let's look at how do we leverage those resources that you already have and turn them into something better. Like that's exciting. But what I really love also is to help that realtor because realtors don't have a plan for investments usually. So I wanna help set up their own legacy also. So I think there's a way to do that. And so I listen very closely to my investors because not only am I educating them, but they'll say something I'm like, That's a great idea. Never thought of that. Right. So um, I'm also elevating my my portfolio and I own rental properties also. So I'm elevating that and those strategies. I'm bringing them back to my clients. So it's this constant, beautiful world of of I learn, I give back, I give back, I learn.
0: So what type of what type of purchases are are these investors making? Are we buying distressed houses and fixing them up? Are we just buying cash flow and rentals? Are we I mean what 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 is your typical investor that you represent by?
1: Well, and that's another thing, right? So it's a great question because it leads into the intake form that I use, right? Because if you if you if it's a home buyer, you have certain questions that you're asking. If you're an investor, you're asking the investor questions like exactly what you asked. Are you looking for single family homes? Are you looking for multi-units? Are you looking for five plus multi-units? What areas are you looking in? What's your growth strategy? What's your risk tolerance? Do you care about cap rates or cash on cash return or cash flow? Those those investors have been thinking about that. So that's what I love. I have to first define what they're looking for, help them hone their strategy and come up with ways to figure out how to execute on that strategy. So I have all types. I have investors who only buy single family houses and they'll tell you exactly why, right? And I'm like, why are you only focusing on those? And they're like, here's why. And I can tell you all those reasons, right? And then I was like, nope, five plus. And here's why. Other investors, one through fours, here's why. So I love that. I have to drill down and to figure out what they want first and then design the plan around that. But then how to evolve that plan? How does it evolve moving forward?
0: Awesome. What um, What are you seeing in the current market with the rising interest rates? How is How are your investors reacting? How are your regular buyers reacting? How are your Real at our peers and students react. Yeah.
1: yeah. So we just I just had a really great call this morning with my pod actually talking about rising rates. Well, what we're seeing first is the short-term rental market being affected. Sure. So those numbers, the the um, the volume of vacancies for short-term rentals is rising a bit. It's taken up. And there's some short-term rental buyers who bought at premium prices, you know, spend a million dollars, let's say, in a certain region. And you're like, "Mm, that's a pretty big purchase because they ran all their numbers. Something that I've been advising to my clients, if you want that to be a short-term rental, make sure that works on a long-term rental. A
0: long-term rental, yeah.
1: Right, like run all your numbers. So what's my favorite thing? If the numbers work, buy it. So we, you know, I send them a very simple Excel spreadsheet that I use to calculate numbers. And we just run through a couple things. We plug in different things. If the rent goes up, if the rent stays stabilized, if you add gas, if you add this utility, if you um, increase this garage price, if you charge for this, like we just run through these numbers to figure out what's the best price to make an offer at that you're, you know, stabilized for a while, but also cash flowing or whatever your, you know, cash on cash return, whatever you're trying to get to, we want to run those numbers for you and make sure that they work for you. And so, like I said, if we buy it right, then the numbers are only going to go up from here. They might drop. We're coming. We're, we, know we're, we know we're coming. We see we see the numbers are going to change. We see that, you know, the next the foreclosure market and that's coming. It's all coming um, with what the feds are doing with the interest rates continuing to go up. Um, I say the same thing to my investors. So if the numbers work at this interest rate, 7%, let's say, right? So we used to be at four and five. Now we're at six and seven. So if the numbers work, what's what do I say? Buy it. Because as soon as those rates drop, what are you going to do? Refinance it. You're going to call me up and say, hey, I just refied. Thank you very much. And now that cash flow number just went up 200 bucks a month or 300 or or 1,000 because you just refinanced that property. So I'm going to say the same thing where if don't shy away from buying something, yeah, I think things are gonna go on sale, but I'm a firm believer in real estate continues to go up. Even if it's not going up as much as something else in your portfolio, maybe you did buy it at a time right before the numbers started going down. If those numbers work now, they're still gonna work in five or 10 years. And it's still something that you can utilize um, as cash flow. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that answer your question?
0: Sure. That that answered my question in regards to short term rentals, which which I, I, I think I think I don't know how more people didn't kind of see that coming. Everybody got so seduced by the short term rental thing. Um and then and then there was a lot of rhetoric around the recession resistancy of it, right? Because everybody was like, well, you know, people don't go to Europe during a recession, but they'll mm-hmm. still drive to Florida. You know, that kind of thing. So I, I mean I'm not surprised, but I'm like you, I, I never ended up buying any short term rentals. I looked honestly, by the time I was looking, I couldn't afford them. Like I, I went to the beach and um, a few months ago. And so I went to a small local bank. I was like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting a beach house. And I, like, yeah, you, you know, just based off of this, you can go grab one for six, 700,000. And I was like, all right, cool. And I get over there and it was, it was Alabama. was not even Florida and. it and you could not get a beach house on the you couldn't get a one bedroom on the wrong side of the road for six or seven hundred thousand you wow. know anything decent was a million you know plus um and it and it was just like you said the peak of the market and it would in no way um work as a as a long-term rental so i just kind of was like well i i never say this because since I started investing people were saying, Oh, it was about to crash, you know, wait until it crashes to buy stuff. And if that were the, people have been telling me that since 2016. And if that were the case, you know, I wouldn't have bought all that I did. Um, but when I went, when I saw those numbers on the Airbnbs, I was like, "So you know, I think I might just have to wait till it crashes to pick up some of those. <laughs> um, but what about, what about other, Are you know, are your investors flipping houses or your investors, buying long-term rentals, or are we, are are your investors finding themselves in situations where their exit strategy is impaired? I mean, you mentioned you know yourself losing some money, and and we've all lost money. But like, you know, I've bought I bought flips six months ago that I'm going to sell, and they're not selling for as much as they were going to sell when I bought them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same and thing. We're feeling yeah. it. We're feeling it. And I'm just like, is, are y'all seeing that up there?
1: Definitely. So I, same thing. I had an investor purchase a property, did a really nice renovation on it. And uh, I just dropped it $75,000. Right. Thank A big margin in there. So he's still going to walk away. I know it's not under contract yet, but I think we should be able to, to sell it. And that's,
0: that's where I am. You know, I'm not, I'm not dying or anything, but like, you know, if the market would have held, like it was yes. in February, we would just be, I mean, we'd be making an absolute killing yeah. with the contraction. Like we're just doing all right. You know,
1: that's, that's what we're seeing. So, I mean, the, the flip market hasn't been that great for the last year, let's say, you know, I didn't find, I found one that I missed that a wholesaler sent me over that he just mispriced. So that's what usually happens. It's either a realtor who doesn't know what they're doing, misprices a property or a wholesaler doesn't know he's out of town. He misprices it, and then you're like, "Oh, there's a deal!" Right. So you just have to watch for those. Those you can still turn around and flip. But uh, people are getting very savvy to that market too. So I'm watching buyers be very picky in the residential space when they go to buy flip because they watching all these these you know they're watching all these TV shows. So they're looking for certain yeah. their ex- their expectations have gone up.
0: Well, and sellers. You know, what I was, I was just on a call about this before we got on and like what I'm waiting for and what seems to take longer is for the sellers to realize what the buyers already know. Like the buyers already know where we're at in the market, but the sellers still feel like it's late 2021.
1: Sellers are always behind, right? They're always (laughs) behind.
0: And so when when the sellers catch up to reality, I think that's where the deals are going to be, because you're right. I mean, the the market's been on fire for the last couple of years from a sales perspective, but it almost hasn't been a great flipping environment because the sellers knew it was on fire and they're charging extra and, and, and short, you know, squeezing the spread.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I always say to people when this comes to selling a house, I say, do you want to sell your house or do you want to list it? Because the price you're at is a listing price, we need to be this much lower in order to sell it. So it's your choice. I mean, I can list it, but if you want to sell it, we got to adjust that price. Um, I, you know, I think that as we come in, that's what I really like about you know working with investors and focusing on investment properties is you're really recession proof in every, in any market, seller's market or buyer's market. I'm still working. Right When it comes to buyer's market and everything starts to be super low, then it's negotiation and strategy in a different way. When I'm in a seller's market, I'm negotiating and strategizing in a way to... I do something very differently that I know most realtors don't do um, when it comes to making offers and to listing uh, properties. Like I'll call every single buyer's agent and I'll I'll give them the marketing spiel that I use for everybody else. Because they don't know, right? You have this buyer walking up to a property. Um, they're just going by what they see and they might not be that experienced. So I'll call them up and say, hey, just to give you a couple pointers on this property to really help you sound so great with your client. Your client's gonna love you for this. And I lay out like talking points for them. So I'm selling my listing and helping out my seller by educating the buyer and giving them ammunition to be able to sell that property. I don't know many people who do that.
0: Awesome. Is there any other shifts in your business you're making because of the way the markets react? Oh. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, I mean, it's just trying to get all the 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 cash back in the accounts, really, because it's yeah. right. So it's it's um, I I bought eleven properties last year and renovated yeah. that and refinanced renovated seven or eight and refinanced almost all. I refinanced them all. So it was to a lot. Hold. To yeah. Hold. To hold. It was a lot of activity on that side. Took some time. Um, so I'm a little bit more leveraged and a couple properties that I didn't get, that I had some issues with in construction on two of them kind of messed up my cash coming back strategy. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now is focusing on just paying everything down to get that cash back in to be able to just, you know, here's, here's cash down in order to be able to move on what's coming.
0: Right. Absolutely. Was there anything that you would do differently if you could start over again?
1: (laughs) 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 Yes. Uh, The Biggest difference that I made, I would say, so I started my renovation company, lost a bunch of money, became a realtor, how to figure out how to be a realtor in this market and to have an, a successful business model. And then I took a class called Financial Mastery. So Tony Robbins teaches a Financial Mastery class. One of our owners, um, Bob. He wrote, a,
0: he wrote a book called Financial Mastery, didn't he? Tony, um, I, I'm not sure if he wrote a book exactly. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I read a book called Financial Mastery by Tony Robbins?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good question because, I mean, I've taken his business mastery is you, you know, Leash the Power Within, Date with Destiny, but he has a financial mastery course. And one of the owners of our brokerage, they have like 15 or 16 brokerages in the area. He was a Tony Robbins trainer also. So he scaled down this course and taught it to us for like a hundred dollars. And I took it six times.
0: It's it's money master the game.
1: Yeah, money master game. That's yeah. that's I've read that. I have that sitting there. That's and that's a very stock market approach kind of book. Um, right, money master. Right. But so so he taught this financial mastery course, and I took it six times. And I thought, my God, if I had taken this course and then started my. <laughs> My business being a real estate investor and then being a realtor. I mean, really it's it's about education. And that's why I've created a course because I see the value of education. I see the value of understanding business and, and really mastering financial mastery. <clears throat> Just, you know, really understanding financial mastery is going to, you know, shortcut you to success um, of understanding profit. And gross revenue versus net net revenue and your profit and loss statements and your balance sheets and really having a more of a business owner's mindset around the financial piece. That's what I would have done differently. But I learned so much along the way. I mean, It was, it's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't know how to do construction unless I had to fire those two guys. I wouldn't understand. I wouldn't be able to walk up a house and, and look at it and analyze it the way I can. And then, what the best part is, I can teach my investor how to analyze that property in about fifteen minutes. They walk like five properties with me and they they get it. I'm like, where's your pad? We're taking this down. See that chimney? See that gutter? Look at the windows. Here's what you're looking for. You know. Here's where the coming in. Here's how we how is here's how we fix this. Right. So I just teach them that so that they can learn how to do it. And then it's just, you know, that's my favorite part is teaching people.
0: Awesome. So I want to hop over to our radio round to help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So it just got three quick questions. The first one is, what is your favorite book?
1: So favorites difficult to define. I probably have that I'm reading right now, but I read them and then I pick them up and read for another 15 or 20 minutes in the morning while I'm having coffee. So it, I'm loving Dan Sullivan right now. Um, yeah. The in the Gain, Who Not How, two really, really great books. Um, I'm reading Keith Cunningham's uh, The Road Less Stupid. He's he's a Tony mm-hmm. Robbins mastery coach. That's really good. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick an all time favorite, like the one I've read probably twice. I don't know. I always get something out of Rich Dad Out every time I read it. And and, you know, and and the richest man in Babylon, very, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer when I taught basketball to my daughter and her teammates. It was the basics over and over and over again. It's the John Wooden approach. Oh, the talent code. Great book by Daniel Coyle talks about John Wooden's um, process of practice. Like you can create talent. Talent's not born, it's created and it's repetition and it's mastery and it's skill. So I'm a basics person. So go back to the basics and just know it, know it, know it. And those books take me back to the basics.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I love it. I remember that from from wrestling growing up. It was like, no, we're going to practice the single leg. 800 times
1: <laughs> it's the karate kid right hang up the coat hang right, up the coat right. and that move yeah. becomes his signature moved in order for the foundation of karate right so yeah
0: what's your favorite quote
1: so i have little stickies on my <laughs> on my computer just to remind me of certain things um The word persistence is up there all the time. But the quote that I've been grabbing onto lately is um, focus. No, I'm sorry. Choose what to focus on. So it's a Tony Robbins quote, decide, decide what to focus on. So every day I get a choice of deciding what to focus on. Do I want to decide to focus on all the negativity and everything that's going on in my world? And oh my gosh, there's not enough cash flow coming in. Or do I want to decide to focus on the positive aspects of what I'm learning that day from that experience? And how do I apply that? And so how to make my business better? How do I make my life better? You know, do I want to decide to focus on one thing that day and crush it? Or do I want to be scattered and just be pulled in different directions where I'm not getting anything done and spin my wheels? So it's my biggest quote is decide what to focus on. And that brings me back to center.
0: What's your favorite thing to do when you're not working?
1: (laughs) Um, I work a lot. Like I I love working, right? So that's fun too. I love looking at houses and going to see different houses and I look at the architecture and I'm driving along. Um, I did happen to buy myself a toy, which is a convertible BMW. So I've been riding along with that, my red leather seats and I'm outside. I love being outside. Like that's my favorite thing ever. So to be able to drive clouds, blue sky, and to be looking at what's around me and to really take in all of nature and God's beauty. And, you know, the fact that I, I can see people better on the street, somebody's helping somebody else. It's about humanity, I just love to experience people and nature in all forms. Whether it's hiking and the ocean, man, the ocean makes my soul sing. So awesome! Um,
0: tell us a little bit about how people can get in touch with you and find your course and get you to sell them the house. And
1: yeah, so you- so um, and behind me or on my screen, my my company name is Pure Light Reinvest. Um, So you can sign up for my course at investment-realtor.com. That course teaches realtors how to be investment realtors. And then that little certification at the top, it's investment realtor certification that you receive when you're done with the course. And then you get invited into a mastermind group. Um, and that's, you know, something that I'm really passionate about right now is really building that community and that and to teach other people. So you can always, um, find me at Lenore Moore, uh, Lenore at pure is my email. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just available. I'm available for people to reach out. You can find my contact information on the web. If you search my name, Lenore Moore and, um, It's just something. If I can help you or have a great conversation, that just makes my day.
0: Awesome. Well, it was great meeting you, and I'm really uh, glad we got to spend some time to get to know each other today. And I uh, I look forward to keeping up with you on your journey.
1: Me too, Sterling. I really appreciate your time today, and it was awesome to meet you. and, And and good luck. You know, keep in touch.
0: This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to crestworthcapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.